Well, this this episode is uh, Amsterdam. Amsterdam. Um, New David O. Russell movie. Yeah. Starring his boy, Christian Bale, Do and we have everybody else in Hollywood. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't get a call. Um, we didn't get a call. Did, uh, is our tra- are we going to send the trailers out now? Or are we still the trailers out? So I don't okay, I don't out. know if we should. <laughs> <laughs> the trailer is out there. Yeah, maybe. Let's just talk about it. Let's just do the thing. Okay, we do the thing. This is a this is about movies. It's a podcast where yeah. we watch a movie and then you have and a we conversation. Just talk about it. Yeah, and we just have conversation. Sometimes we have a conversation about the movie. Sometimes we have a conversation about something else. Yeah. Which, sometimes it's a really long talk. Sometimes it's just a little short talk. This Usually. is a great example episode of where we, uh, we talk about off. something else. Yeah. But we we get back on track. So if you're here for Amsterdam, uh, you're gonna get you're gonna get that. But you're towards gonna have the, to towards the last. You're half. gonna have to wait just a little bit. Okay, this is a shorter you're episode. Gonna, you're gonna so have to about it, you're gonna have to slog through slog. Uh, the first half, much like Randy didn't like doing in the Dune books that he's talking about. Yeah, that's what we're talking about. So, anyways, <laughs> little detour uh, to Arrakis before we jump over to. Uh, uh, Amsterdam. Or, so yeah, but like 1940s, um, 1940s, 1950s. Wait, no, it was World War One. World War One. Yeah, yeah. The, the world, the war to end all wars. 1930s, Amsterdam. <laughs> I loved how much the characters were kind of like. But this was the war to end all wars. <laughs> There's another one. It's gonna happen again. Yeah, <laughs> they're like ah. Uh. So, anyways, uh, yeah. So if you you know if you've seen the movie, uh, the beginning, uh, like this is the good part. Okay, uh, you know, and the bad part's coming, but then there's going to be another good part again. That's basically this episode. Okay? Oh, okay. So there's good part now, bad part, and then good part after that. All right. Is the structure of the episode. The structure of this episode. Yeah. yeah. Not all episodes, but this one in particular. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but I'm ready. Uh, I'm ready, mate. This I'm, is- I'm Jeremiah. There I don't have go. a last name. Doesn't right have now. a last name. Um, uh, and we're we, the hosts of this show. We typically spoil everything that we talk about. Yeah, we don't really spoil. When Randy's talking about Dune, we actually kind of go over. Yeah, spoil I try to it. avoid a lot of spoilers in that one, so don't worry too much about that one. But Amsterdam, we we spoil. We're, we're going to so. spoil it. I don't know. There's a lot yeah. to spoil, really. But you know, we we do. Yep. So we do. Just what we will be forewarned. Um, and uh, and go watch. White Lotus. <laughs> you can't say that in this and then say it that's again a, in the my, episode. That's my recommendation oh, for this gosh. episode. All right. Shameless plugs abound for White Lotus from Jeremiah. Oh, I have not seen it. It's real good. But I probably will watch it soon. All right. This is about movies? Talking about Amsterdam. Woo. Should uh, check check. Should take my allergy medicine earlier. I'm still like, <laughs> yeah. took some right before I got here. I'm still smoker coughing. It's normally uh, 8 a.m. Jeremiah. <laughs> this is the, <coughs> the worst part about the South. Is the, uh, <laughs> the just it's just constant. It's just the constant stuffed up <laughs> runny nose, whatever. Listen to this headaches, hoarseness, <laughs> clearing your throat all the time. Even my daughter, who's like one and a half. Has uh, is having issues right now. Just the air. God. I don't know. I think maybe I've said this on the podcast, but I don't know why people stopped here when they were journeying west. <laughs> I don't know why they. They're like, mm, good enough. I yeah. mean, unless they like were just journeying through the endless. Well, they also didn't know the west was one there, two better. Yeah, but I guess. Or even habitable. Maybe. I don't know. 
I guess maybe they were like in Florida and they're like, well, this is way better than yeah. Florida. And then they were like, <laughs> we're tired. We got to stop because this is a never ending. And then uh, like if they, they knew if they pushed on Louisiana was like filled with French people that would <laughs> At the probably time, kill like, them. So, so they're, they're like, like eh, we, let's just we got, we're getting kind of close to the end here. Yeah. It's good enough. I suppose. <laughs> It doesn't immediately kill us. <laughs> you just wake up every day going. <gasps> yeah. Actually, they probably didn't back then. They're going to be able to they farm. They were hardy here? folk. Nope, not going to be able to grow much here. We're going to have to get everything brought in. Well, and then uh, you know, two hundred years later, once we've all settled down and cleaned our houses real good, turns out that's not the best way to live. Yeah. <laughs> Ew, germs kill kill all of them. No, he needs some. <laughs> all millennials and all Gen Z are just like, I can't, I can't go outside. <laughs> I live in a bubble. My body is not prepared. <laughs> so I was telling you that um, I'm I'm trying to be a Dune person. <laughs> um. I, I talked about this a little, maybe, I don't know if I talked about it actually on the on podcast, podcast or not, so. on the Dune episode, but I, uh, I attempted to read the book years ago <coughs> and didn't, just couldn't do it. It's really dense. It's very slow. And I don't usually have a problem with slow paced stuff, but for whatever reason, this just was not catching me. It wasn't hooking me. And yeah, I, I think I was a halfway through book two and there was like, okay. Mm. So, um, Real quick, this isn't going to be a long talk, but like just so we clarify, it, within the first book of Dune, there is there are three books. So when you say book two, I think part two of book one. No, the second book. So the second book is Dune Messiah. <laughs> We're going to talk a little bit about both of these real quick. So, <laughs> but this podcast Dune is, is and the, then is the Amsterdam podcast. This is the Amsterdam <laughs> podcast. Just in case you were wondering, maybe you actually clicked the wrong button. No, this is the Amsterdam podcast. Just bear with me for a second. Um, uh, mo- movie's good. <laughs> not really a lot to say about it. Maybe, maybe we'll get around to it. We'll see. I know we're talking about Dune. Uh, no, I have something. I have some stuff I want to talk about with that movie. So, okay, Dune. Bear with me. Okay, so I've I've wanted to be a Dune person. Okay, I wanted to be those people that I see online that just love this book series. They love Frank Herbert. They love all this stuff. I've got friends, you know, Caleb, who was one of the hosts or one of the guests on the. Uh, Dune episodes, huge, huge fan of the book series. Um, and uh, I was just never able to really like it. I couldn't figure out why people enjoyed it, couldn't get into it. I tried three separate times to read that book. <laughs> um, the first time I got through, I think halfway through book one. Again, this is part one of the first book. So book one, book two, and book three are all within the first book. Mm. Um, and... Uh, just didn't do it. Second time I went through, I got all the way through book one. And then the third time I was like, I maybe I just need to listen to the audiobook. And so I did the audiobook and I made it all the way through. But as time went on, I completely forgot what happened in book <laughs> two and book three uh, of, of Dune. 
Um, so I remembered everything from book one. All that stuff is like pretty clear. And I, at the time, I just wasn't like I just wasn't sure why I couldn't remember it. I was like, it feels like I should remember something, but I don't remember anything. Mm-hmm. Um, so we saw the movie. Uh, I loved the movie. And that was real exciting. I thought yeah. it was great. And and just like, I mean, honestly, with any like big book series, uh, the one that comes to mind is A Song of Ice and Fire. When you have a, a series so expansive with so many names to remember, um, sort of like histories and backgrounds that are all coming together, uh, it can be very overwhelming when you're just reading it off of a page. And some people, sure, I know there's a lot of people out there that probably can, have great reading comprehension and can pick up all that stuff and it's no big deal. I don't think that's everybody. I have fairly good reading comprehension and I had a hard time with, with that book as well. But after watching the sh- a few episodes of the show and just getting some sort of image of a character and seeing them in the context of the world, it suddenly made me understand everything in the books like instantly. Mm. I don't know what it was like even just watching like part of season one of game of Thrones. I went back and read the book again because I had already read the book and completely like understood. It just like completely clicked. Everything made sense. Uh, I was no longer like confused or daunted by the introduction of new characters or characters with the same names. I was always able to differentiate, mm-hmm. but it never. Clicked. Well, at that point, you also knew the ones you wanted to pay attention to. Sure, it never it never clicked until. Uh, and I had read the first two books before I watched the show, uh, and it had pretty much just given up. And that's a lot of book to go through. <laughs> a lot of like. It's like almost like, I don't know, was that 2,000, 3,000 pages? Oh, yeah. Um, I, just, I just remember. The first two uh, books. I audio booked them all. They're all 47, 50-something hours. Oh, yeah. yeah. They're long. Um, so anyways, Dune was kind of like that for me, where I saw the movie, and then suddenly I was like, okay, I think I might have an, a new appreciation for the book. So I went back, and uh, I read through the first book again. So again, this is just Dune, the first actual novel. Um, and uh, overall... I enjoyed it. I enjoyed the parts that the movie covered. Yeah. <laughs> Once we got past what the movie covered, I started falling into that same like confusion, just being like, I don't understand. It wasn't confusion at what was happening because I understood what I was reading on the page, but more confusion in why Frank Herbert was telling the story the way he was. Um, it felt intentional. And I just, I don't, I don't know. There's a whole podcast about this somewhere, but I, not right now. Anyways, I kind of was like, I just don't, I just don't know about the second half of this book. Like, I feel like, yeah, I feel like I'll watch the, styles, I'll really watch Denise yeah. interpretation of it and I'll go back and read the second part and be like, oh yeah, it's great. But the fact that I needed that movie to really help me enjoy it, I think that says something. I don't know if it says something about me or if it says something about the book. I'm not really sure. I, um, I'll, I'll tell you, I uh, hadn't played any Witcher anything. Mm-hmm. The Netflix uh, show came out. I watched episode one and two and and like the first scene of the third episode. And then I just paused it and I went, who likes this? <laughs> and then uh, the game was like, play this game on Game Pass. Started playing it. Loved it. Mm-hmm. played nothing but that game for a month and a half, did all the DLC. Mm-hmm. It was terrific. And then I went, I want to watch that show. And I watched the show, and I loved it. <laughs> this, I mean, even the same two episodes I just watched, I don't know. There there was just something about already knowing this guy, mm-hmm. and that that made it 
really good. Yeah. But the first time I watched it without knowing anything about it, I was just like, this is not good. Mm-hmm. The, uh, yeah. And something about it just hit way, way, way different just after I had experienced it in another form and gotten kind of used to uh-huh. the universe a little more. Uh, I mean, maybe that's sort of the same thing you're going yeah, through. Yeah, it and sounds maybe like the, it. Like specifically the way he writes, like you just can't stand like your brain doesn't work in that on that same like the way he's writing and the way you you tear language apart uh isn't the way he constructs it and so your brain's just like i don't like this i yeah. don't like how he's writing this. <laughs> yeah i mean like, like i'm very aware that like the way we tell stories changes over time uh obviously this book was written a while ago and uh many many stories that we have told in different forms have been inspired by it. That's very obvious. Mm-hmm. Um, even even in Song of Ice and Fire, there's actually things in that series that I could see George R. R. Martin being inspired by Doom. Like straight from Doom. Not straight from Doom, but sort of like, okay, that, that's very similar to this thing that happens in, in Song of Ice and Fire, but George sort of takes it all in different directions. So he's not like just aping stuff. But like, he's like, like a kid who read it and sat on it for 30 years and yeah. let it creatively Really liked the idea. Mutate, yeah. yeah. So um, you're right. I think there's a lot of stuff in there that I'm like, I just don't know how I feel about how he tells the story. There's a lot of jumping around that I get why he does it, kind of. But um, his style is is very much not the way we tell stories now. And I think a lot of me, I think a lot of my brain is fighting that. And I'm trying to like lean into it a little bit because I want to like, okay, because obviously there are a lot of people that love it mm-hmm. for the very reason, for what Frank Herbert created. Um, and I think maybe the fact that I don't enjoy it that much, maybe that just makes me not a real fan. I don't know, <laughs> but here's, here's what You're I wanted to get fan. at. Okay. So, uh, everyone that I talked to that has read the books was like, well, if you're not really like digging the the first book, like you're and, like close friends were just like, you're probably going to like Dune Messiah. Like it's the second book in the, mm. in the series, second novel. Like, you're probably going to like it. It's got a lot of intrigue and there's a lot of that kind of stuff. Because there was actually something that I missed from the first book was like, I wanted more of that sort of like, I, I don't know if I wanted more like of the like Song of Ice and Fire in it. I just like the 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 political side of it. I, I like the, the world building that he does. Um, It's almost like I just don't really care for the plot. <laughs> I like yeah, what well, he's even, the setting. Even your board and, games and how you, even how you play card games you want like a strong theme yes and you really like the political like intrigue Mm -hmm. side story side that affects the main plot Mm -hmm. in a themed way and in like uh one like one overarching story that's kind of like the world's telling the story Mm -hmm. where uh i think when the plot drives the world for you you're kind of like this is dumb (laughs) (laughs) if if you can set up all the background stuff to where it's like correlating then you that's where you nerd out yeah yeah there's just a lot of stuff that a lot of decisions that frank herbert makes that i'm like i don't i'm not sure why you chose to tell the story that way like why if we have three scenes to pick from and you know that your audience is definitely going to want this scene and you pick this other scene over here and then completely ignore the third scene now you've put us in a position where it's like okay you're making a choice now i want to know why you made that choice Mm-hmm. But there's a lot of stuff, especially in Messiah, that just feels not, so out of it's, context. It's not going to be. It there. feels like, <laughs> um, it just feels like he skips chapters, and I don't know if it's because he just was bored and didn't want to write them, 
or if he or like, like an editor came along and was like, or if an editor just cut it out fit. completely and they're like, yeah, it makes sense without it. Um, or if, uh, if he's doing something else that I'm just not catching on to. And maybe that's what it is. Okay. But here's my point. Like, like late, later book five, he comes yeah. back and here's well, that's that the gap thing. you were wondering about okay. so, 30 years ago. Yeah. So I told you a lot of this stuff last night. Okay. Mm-hmm. You're talking about this, and I was like, I just don't think I'm a Dune person. I just think I've tried. I have made a valiant effort. <laughs> he, was, I have, he was really distraught about it. He was like, I, I wanted, wanted to be. I wanted to love it so much, and I just was not. <laughs> like, I can appreciate it. I can respect it, but I just, I don't think I love it. Um, so I'm I'm reading, I'm listening to the audiobook for Dune Messiah, and I had about two hours left last night, and I listened to another hour last night. Well, then shut early today to record, and I started listening to the last hour and we get to the last chapter of, of this book. Okay. Or the last section. And, um, <laughs> holy crap. It's so good. <laughs> and part of it is because you start, a lot of things start to fall into place and you start to realize, okay, a lot of the weird things that he's done in the, the earlier parts of this book, uh, that didn't make much sense, start to make sense. Uh, but a lot of it is not, it's not even just that, oh, all the things are starting to fall into place. Uh, to me, that would be, that's just lazy. Because if you have to slog through a lot of boring stuff to get to one exciting moment, that doesn't make it good, in my opinion. Yeah, I wouldn't um, say lazy, <clears throat> but just like not not the best story. Not lazy, telling. yeah, just not, yeah, just not, I don't know. It's just not a very, <laughs> not maybe a, this not, is not, not a bad a thing, but it's not a very entertaining a read. Yeah. Um, or even a, entertaining maybe isn't the wrong word. I, like, I like, I like books that make me think. Messiah doesn't really make me. It, yeah, it presents a, some things, but I don't necessarily want. A, I don't care about. There's a difference them, so. between a story that makes you think and a PhD thesis, and one yeah. that just confuses me intentionally. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah I told you there's scenes where um, you know a particular character is talking to the main character. I don't want to talk about too much because I know a lot of people haven't seen, haven't read some of this. I don't want to spoil this. Particular Who knows? Thing. Maybe we're spoiling on our the, podcast. Maybe we don't want to spoil spoiling this. this. I know that movie. some yeah. of the people that listen to this, this don't want things spoiled. So I'm not going to spoil stuff. There are two characters that are talking in one chapter. All right. And they have a conversation. It's pretty clear what they talk about. And then one of those characters goes into the next chapter and has a conversation with somebody else. And they oh, reference, <laughs> then they say, they say, Oh yes, I had this conversation with so-and-so, which was the previous person. Okay. And they did not like they did. They on paper, they never said the words that they just claimed to have said. But or I said this while I was talking. Exactly. It wasn't even it was like we had a long conversation about this thing. And oh, I'm like, no, okay. no, no. Your conversation was about something else entirely. Gotcha. So here's the thing. You think a modern reader would be just like, oh, OK, cool. They're lying to this other character. Interesting. Let's see where this goes. No, yeah, no. Yeah, but not necessarily. I, yeah. That's not how it's presented because the the narrator in these books is omniscient. They know everything that's going on. It's it's not just the there's no perspective. Uh, well, there is, but he jump the narrator jumps around or the author jumps around from different characters' perspectives uh, at a at a whim. Um, so you're in the mind of the person who is supposedly lying, and you know that they're not lying. Mm-hmm. But you also know that they never had that conversation. Or at least you didn't read it. And, it wasn't and that's told the thing. Yeah. It's, it's like, wait a second. Is this a conversation that you had between the chapters that I just read that <laughs> I didn't get to be a part of? And that confuses me. I, why? Don't, I don't know who these characters are. Why? But it would be even weirder if, this, like, if A and B hardly ever see each other. 
mm-hmm. if they're best friends that live in the same house yeah. and he's recollecting and you didn't happen to read it, mm-hmm. then that's one thing. But if it's like he had to drive to the other side of the literal galaxy <laughs> to talk to him one time, then he probably didn't talk to him another time. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. It's just weird. And that is just one instance. That happens all the time. Yeah. <laughs> where they're like, oh, yes, this thing. And then they, they talk about it like it happened. And you're like, well, no, 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 that hasn't happened yet. Like we were talking about doing it, but then we never did it. And then the book's like, no, no, we did it. Oh, okay. And I'm like, wait, we're past that now? We just skipped it, like the whole event. Oh, that happened. Real important. That happened exactly. I don't understand. <laughs> I don't understand for you that, to talk that about side of it. So, it. <laughs> so, anyways, it it's kind of just a it's a weird thing. But we get to this last chapter, um, and there's just some really good stuff. It, it, there's, and it, and it, it becomes like, the movie. It's Amsterdam. like somebody. <laughs> no, it's like somebody else wrote it. Yeah, the style changes. Uh, it becomes much more about like. Uh, there's less plot and it's more about like what the characters are feeling and going through. There's less like, uh, I don't mind like there being poetry and stuff. I'm a big fan of the series Hyperion and there's a lot of poetry in that. Um, but in this, it just feels kind of like he gets really lost in it into the point where it's like, he just forgets the story. He forgets to tell a story almost. It's like, okay. So, and, and I'm being, I'm being a little too harsh. Like there are stuff I, I do respect the series. Obviously I've, I said that, but um, regardless, this last section is very good. I only have 25 minutes left of the audiobook, and I want to know badly what's going to happen because it's the first time in the whole book where there's been any sort of mystery. Like everything else has been like, not mystery. It's just been like confusion. Like you don't understand why the author is like, like not like withhold why he's withholding information in this way. And it's not like, he's like, Ooh, what is it? I'm like, no, I'm not interested in asking that question. You're not making me interested in wanting to know these secrets that you're holding from me because you're not even letting me know that they're secrets. Like, I don't know what's a secret and what isn't. Um, and so I just don't really know how to like, I don't know how to, how to like work with the material a little bit. So this last chapter is sort of like, he just like, like he left the book, for two years and then came back to it and like his we need to wrap this a up. ghost rider like wrapped up this thing in a very different way and i'm like wow this is actually good now it's very strange i don't understand why and who knows i haven't finished yet he might relapse back into his old style and then leave us kind of wanting more but um anyways i'm saying it's good but there could also be one other factor and that is this uh the audiobooks are not good and this is why <laughs> It's really the only way that I can read it. It's the only way that I've found that I can actually get through the series. But um, they have uh, the first audiobook for the first book starts with every character, every main character has a unique actor playing them. And then there's a narrator. Oh. Voice, okay. It's very, it's like a production. It's very good. Yeah. The actors are very good at playing their specific characters. And then it quits. Then it stops. And they just have the one narrator read for everybody. And he makes bad choices when it comes to the voices of the characters. Uh, Paul sounds like a very, very nasally, I'm Paul Atreides. And you're like, oh, God, I hate this person so much. <laughs> um, and he, he makes you hate him when you're supposed to love him. So Timmy Timmy was busy. Like, Timmy was busy. as well before. <laughs> I think it was before Timmy was born. But um, so this is all just like, like he's just, he's not a bad reader. He's a very good reader, but like he's making bad choices when it comes to the voices of the characters, uh, making characters that you should not like 
likable and making characters that you should love unlikable. <laughs> so it's like, it's very weird. His voice is annoying. Um, also, I hate this also <laughs> switching pronunciations of names at various points. Uh, there's a character named um, Alia or Aliyah. I don't know because they uh, say it both ways. <laughs> dude, Roy Detrice did. <laughs> yeah, Roy Detrice did of that the songs of Ice and Fire narration, <laughs> and he would swap how he said a name between yes. like book three and book four. I, and I'd be like, <laughs> so Peter is Patire now. Uh-huh, is that, yeah. Okay, He's that took me it. so long. <laughs> I was like, this is a different guy, but he was acting no. a lot like the old Baelish, and I was like, nah. Yeah. Wait. Oh, okay, it is the same guy. <laughs> There's um uh I'm I'm gonna be it's gonna be uh who is um mm, I'm gonna forget her name. Uh she's one of the Grey Joys. Uh she is it's like Asha or I can't remember what they call her. I get mixed up because they call her a different name in the show. Um I think it's Asha. Uh but she um has he gives her this kind of like almost like Irish voice. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, uh, in your reading and in like book three or whatever. Okay. So there's certain characters in book three, blah, blah, big story, Daenerys, all this <laughs> stuff. He's got a very distinct voice for Daenerys. Well, book four is like, has only half the characters in it. Yeah. I don't He's, know if there was like he, a he lot off of on a different direction. in between. Well, and he kind of book four, book four, the entirety of book four. And then the first half of book five happened simultaneously. So he only follows some characters in book four. Well, Daenerys isn't in book four. She shows up in book five. Well, when she shows up, it's been many years since Since he read her voice. Since the narrator. Yes. And so when he tries to find her voice again, he does the same voice that he does for Asha. And so I thought well into Daenerys chapter (laughs) that it was Asha because it was the same voice. It was this Irish voice. And I'm like, this is confusing. Why is Asha here? Like, why is she over in Mayreen? What is she doing there? Like all this other stuff. How did and, she? And I'm yeah. like, wait a second, what the heck? And I like, actually go grab the physical book and look at where we are in the book. I'm like, this is a Daenerys chapter. <laughs> like, <laughs> he's using this weird voice, and he proceeds to then the rest of the book. Sw- like her voice changes so much throughout the book. And look, I love Rose Choice. I think he's great. He's really good. But yeah. he just. Yeah. He Later on, really flubbed. Just, out. Yeah. So was, <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay. So going back, they they do this thing with uh, um, all this, all these uh, uh, different voices. Okay. Then they go to a chapter, and it's just the narrator. And then, uh, then they go back, and it's another voice thing. Mm. And they they switch back and forth throughout the book to the point where it's actually confusing because. This narrator, the guy who's actually the main reader for the book, will do different voices, and you may not realize that he's doing Jessica, yeah. uh, Jessica Atreides, because or Paul Atreides or whoever. He may be doing their voice, but it sounds so different from the actor that portrays them in the previous chapter that it can be confusing and throw you off, and you may not realize that this is an important character you should be listening to. It may seem like, oh, this is just a side character and they're just saying something really quick. But nope, nope, it's meant to be important. Um, so they do it a lot. They switch back and forth and it's like, and they kind of like, you can tell that they apparently didn't have the budget to do it for the whole book because they should have done it for the whole book. Um, but you can tell when an important moment is going to happen because that's when they have the actors back. <laughs> or an, what they deem is an important moment. Well, okay, Doom Messiah opens with a few chapters, one chapter for each character where an actor plays their voice, okay? 
in the beginning of the book. So there's a few few characters in Doom Messiah that are like, okay, here's their chapter where you could hear their voice, and then here's this character, and you could hear their voice. All right, now the narrator is going to read the rest of the book. And then at the very end, the very <laughs> last part, they bring back one actor. And look, <laughs> this guy is very good. This actor is very, very good. So it's very possible that I may like this last chapter just because the narrator the narrator's that good. So it's voice. possible that like maybe what Frank Herbert has written is very good and this audiobook narrator has just ruined it for me. <laughs> I'm putting it out there. It's possible. Possible. I don't know. Anyways, that was a lot. Yeah. That's just, that's where I'm at right now. Let's talk about Amsterdam. <laughs> well, speaking of last night, I made a I, I made a concerted effort to get Randy to watch White Lotus. Oh, yeah. Which I randomly discovered he had, he had not seen. I have not seen it. It's so good. I hadn't even heard of it. Everybody at home, White Lotus on HBO. Six episodes. It's like, it's like a long movie. It's real good. Um, but uh, yeah, this morning, I just woke up. I was no, and I'm off work for like four days for fall break, so I'm literally doing nothing this morning, and I'm just like, I'm gonna watch White Lotus. Like I didn't even get out of bed yet. <laughs> I watched the first episode of White Lotus. Nice. Third time. I never watched stuff over again. This is my yeah. This is my third time going through it. I'm gonna finish it again. Nice. It's real good. But I figured, like I figured, there was like a ten percent chance you went home and watched it last night, and we would 10% end up chance, and we'd and we would talk end about up that talking instead. about White Lotus. <laughs> <laughs> Amsterdam. <laughs> oh my gosh. But Amsterdam. Uh, Amsterdam. Man, I remember seeing the preview and I was like, that movie looks crazy. We're going to do that for the podcast for sure. And Randy was like, for sure. And we're like, sure. fist bumped. That's how I said it too. <laughs> we fist bumped. We fist yeah. bumped. Like, yeah. And then Amsterdam came out. And, and, we're like, and let's go watch it. And then, uh, I mean, we did watch it and it is good. Uh, I don't got I, much see, to here's say the, about it. <laughs> I don't understand why you don't have much to, it's, to it's say really about it. It's really good. Because it's, I think there's one, there. well, there are two things that we really need to talk about. Okay? Yeah, but even, t- it, like, two things. That's No, no, no. These are very important things. Okay. Right? I have been thinking about this <laughs> since we saw the movie, and I need to know. <laughs> I, need, I need answers. <laughs> because I don't know if you saw this. This movie is kind of odd. It's got some odd... Uh, it feels think, Wes Anderson y in, uh, in, in parts. I don't know. It it feels like David O'Russell. Like he's. Especially when they're in like one little area and there's a bunch of stuff like happening, kind of like a play would be. Oh, yeah. And the, like they're just rotating through this area, but they're telling a larger story mm-hmm. about not this area. That to me felt like a Wes Anderson, like a Grand Budapest Hotel. I gotcha. Um, well, especially when the characters are like doing that weird, dry, humory bit stuff, and mm-hmm. just the way they were talking, and I mean, even the way they kind of shot it, I was like, "Did Wes Anderson produce?" Some of these <laughs> <laughs> um. Okay. Here's the thing that I need answers on. Um. <laughs> there's two things, and that <laughs> I don't know if you saw all these things in this movie. Uh, but when I saw them, they were on screen. So each thing was on screen one time, at least one time that I noticed, with a close-up, okay? And that is Rami Malek's hand and oh, Margot yeah. Robbie's foot. <laughs> Separate times. <laughs> I don't know if I've just never seen Rami Malek's hand 
Or if that was like another person. <laughs> this, like I said, this movie has some odd moments, but not like weird, like like trippy moments. Like it's not like I guess there's a few sort of like he's got some medicine and he's kind of like, but it wasn't one of those moments. Mm-mm. But like there's a part where like Remy no, Malik I remember the moment raises like, his hand you kinda, up. You kind of like freaked out. Yeah. Is that his hand? Well, <laughs> He he raised his hand up to touch somebody, and it looked like a, a fake hand because it was so tiny. Like it wasn't. It wasn't a, okay. I don't know how to describe this. Like it was actually a, it was a, it was a big hand, yeah. but like it was like he was had his hand in a tiny hand glove that looked like a hand. I don't know. It was so weird, and I remember being so like, "What in the world was that?" And I looked, yeah, in the theater, I looked over you. And I don't really talk that much in the movies, but I looked over you and was like, was that his real hand? Because I was so disturbed by this. I was just like, what the heck was that? Like, it felt like he had like balloon hands. I don't know if, it, so, there, so there's like a scene, old movie uh, with Martin Short called Pure Luck, where he gets stung by a bee and his hand swells up because he's been stung by a bee. It looked like that. It looked like he'd been stung by a bee and his hand was swelling like to two times the size. But because of that, it made it look like a tiny hand. Like it was like, <laughs> it was just so weird. Okay. So then there's a scene. I think it's a little bit later where, uh, they're dancing. Um, and, um, where Washington and, uh, Margot Robbie are dancing and they cut to a shot of their feet and Margot Robbie has no shoes on. And her foot is the tiniest foot I've ever seen on an adult. <laughs> I was like, it was the same thing. It was kind of like, sort of like it was like a little bit swollen, but it was tiny. And I'm like, okay, what's going on here? Like, they, what is- <laughs> they had some weird kind of lens that they didn't know they were filming with and whatever's in the center of that frame just makes it look And it's possible they had some weird, like eye. maybe kind of, I didn't notice any sort of like fisheye thing, but it could have been doing that. But like, like I've never paid attention to Raymond Alex hands tiny, or Robbie tiny and Margot sw- Robbie's tiny feet. And but it's like be stung. And it just swollen. was so weird that they like one. They both had a close up, and two that they just looked different than everybody else's. Well, hands. they are supposed. I was to, just like, they what are is supposed going to be related. On? So maybe that's a that's what it is. You know, <laughs> in their family, it was just a very one strange of your thing. appendages becomes I, tiny and swollen <laughs> permanently. That's literally the only question I have about this movie. <laughs> is, I need answers. What's going on? With Rami Malek's hand and uh, Margot Robbie's foot. Because I, we only see one. We don't see both. So I don't know. What's going on? <sighs> it was very, very interesting. She, but, was, she um, was crazy. She was nutty. Yes. But uh, everyone was very good. I yeah, loved they're, they're all, the acting was Margot Robbie's really, great. Really uh, I loved Christian Bale. Christian Bale was so much fun. Yeah. And he, was, he, just, he just felt like he was having a good time yeah. the whole time. He was like, blah, 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 and yeah. you're like, okay, guy. <laughs> you know, you, it's you can tell when when certain actors when they're working with filmmakers uh, that they trust, uh, that they sort of there's a little bit of like stress, a little little bit of a weight taken off their shoulders. Yeah, but a what's weird is he was he felt like that, but he was playing a guy with a really bad back. Yeah. So it was like, <laughs> yeah, every scene he was in, he was like keeping his back super straight. And like hunched mm-hmm. over in a weird way, but 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 the personality came across as completely different than that. Yeah. It was just like, hey, well, I just what I mean is I think I feel like, and obviously I'm I'm reading into this completely, but it just it feels like because Christian Bale's been in a lot of David Russell movies, but I feel like all of the David Russell movies I've seen with him in it, 
he seems to just be enjoying himself. Like he seems to be enjoying acting. And well, and maybe and that one lighting guy, that one did, lighting guy, that was not wasn't on a David job. Russell movie. <laughs> that was not so, a David Russell movie. So he was already. He was mad because he wasn't on a David <laughs> Russell movie. That's what he was. He was just frustrated. He's like, I could be making a movie with David Russell. I'm not. But um, no, I just think all those roles that he's been in, he just seems to be. I don't know. He just seems to be enjoying himself. I could be completely wrong, like I said, but it just seems that way. Yeah. Not that he's that. not having fun on other movies. There's just something different about when you're working with somebody that you trust. I think it's cool, and I and so I really enjoyed him yeah, in this and movie, it, and it is kind of part of the story. Yeah, yeah. So. Um, and uh, yeah, I loved the uh, entire. The cast is all great. The ensemble's fun. Uh, John David Washington's really good. It's fun to be able to see him in something where you can understand his voice, like you said. <laughs> um, I really didn't have I a problem with Tenet, but no, I, I know I a lot of people like, <laughs> did, but yeah. Um. But uh, got to see Taylor Swift get run over by a car <laughs> in yeah, a very was, brutal way. You're just like, oh crap! Unexpected, like, yeah. Because <laughs> like, you just oh, expected them to like, movie. oh, she's not gonna be. You expected <laughs> it to like, oh, the one hit and she's dead. But they're like, no, 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 we're gonna like run her over. <laughs> but you're like, oh god, she's for sure dead. <laughs> got it. Like, thanks, Taylor, for showing up today. We'll see you at the premiere. <laughs> She's like sitting on the first row and then she's like, uh, they run her over and she's like, and she just leaves. <laughs> Thank you, everybody. And I'm done. I'm out. Uh, some, of these, more songs. some of the casting in this just feels like completely uh, indulgent. Like, and I love it. Like, I think that like, like having Chris Rock in it, it just feels odd. But he's good. But it just feels like a weird choice. But like, they're got, just like you know what? On stage and David Russell's like, wife, I want to like, put oh. Chris Rock in my movie. I think this probably happened. They probably filmed this before that. I but, mean, yeah, but um, but I just think it's funny. Like Chris Rock in it being, I think he's just kind of like, hey, I want Chris Rock in a movie. Cool, I'm gonna put him in the movie. I'm gonna put Michael Shannon and Mike Myers in a movie where they play two spies for different countries who are also are avid great. bird watchers. They're great, and I want a movie just about them. Because they were my favorite part of the movie. Where, where there's also an international like bird scandal yes. and he's the one causing it. Because he's trying to study the cuckoo, but everyone else is like, you're causing it to go extinct. Yeah, that was good. That was great. I was a little worried because a lot of times with ensemble casts, you get like some great cameos and then people don't show up again. I was like, like with Taylor Swift. Um, I was a little worried that Michael Shannon and Mike Myers were just going to be that one scene and then we weren't going to see them again. No, I came back. I was so happy when they, they showed up They said they would again. call on them later and yeah. they did. Um, so yeah, I was very happy when they when they came back. The uh, Timothy Oliphant, who you didn't even know was yes. the movie. Okay, I the freaked out in the credits. <laughs> I freaked out. because I Okay, I've mentioned this before. I love Michael Shannon. I love when I don't know Michael Shannon's going to be in a movie and then I see the movie and he's there. I'm always pleasantly surprised. This one, this that one happened double, again in this. This one doubled down. This doubled down that, yeah. because I have the same feelings about Timothy Oliphant. If I don't know <laughs> that they're in, even if, if I know they're in the movie, obviously I, I'm going to enjoy the movie. But especially if I don't know they're in there, which for whatever reason... <laughs> Michael Shannon and Timothy Oliphant have a just have a way of sneaking into movies without me realizing it. Um, and they both snuck into this one. I didn't know either of them was in this movie. And Michael Shannon was in it. And I'm like, man, this guy's like, I just love him. And, and Mike Myers was, they were great together. Um, and 
immediately recognizable. But the the bad yes. guy. But there was a bad was so guy much in makeup there. On him, he has a lot of it. makeup. I had no idea that it was Timothy Oliphant. <laughs> Even when I think about what the guy looked like and what he sounds like, I don't believe it. Like I just because I saw the credits, I was like, "What? Timothy Oliphant was in this movie?" Yeah, and I, I think it even showed his did it show his face when it did it. I don't remember if it did that or not. Uh, I feel like it did. I'm that that might be completely wrong. I feel like it did, and that's what made you. He just go, got like a burn. That's him. Yeah, he's got like yeah. this like burn, completely scar red face, face kind of on thing part of his face, and um, like he's always wearing and like his hair is a little like yeah. a little loose. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah, it's it's I don't know. It's funny. I just thought it was great. I was like, well, now I want to see it again so I can <laughs> I can appreciate him more. But yeah, the casting's great. A lot, almost all of it feels indulgent. Like they just were like, we're just. I don't know if they're friends, but it just felt like they were like, I want to work with this person and this person and this person, and everyone just seemed to be having such a fun time. Mm. Um, it reminded me a little bit of Hail Caesar. Um. Yeah. In the sense that Hill Caesar has like a pretty big ensemble cast and it's kind of the Coen brothers just having a good time. There's a lot of just fun scenes and it's funny. <laughs> it's, it's, you know, it's dramatic. There's lots of fun stuff in it, but like, uh, yeah, it just felt a little bit like that. Um, I am, <laughs> I'm always kind of like, I don't know. I don't, I don't know how I feel about it. Cause at the very end, the movie's kind of like, all right, Go ahead and have a seat, and I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you why you're here. I'm gonna tell you why why I made this movie. Christian Bale just narrating, like telling us what the moral of the story is, you know. Yeah. And it just sort of comes out of left field, and you're kind of like, okay, thank you, Mr. Bale. <laughs> I don't understand <laughs> why. Like, yeah, I could probably have inferred a lot of this stuff on my own. It's weird that you're just telling me everything like flat out, like this is the message of this movie. Um, it didn't ruin the movie for me, but it definitely felt strange, like. I don't know why they felt they needed to, to sort of like have that spoon statement in it. Yeah, I spoon mean, a, a little bit. bit. Yeah, I did appreciate, and maybe that wasn't for me. Maybe that was for somebody else. But just modern there's, audiences. There's that, uh, like that little baby food. Well, I mean, the movie wrestles with that a lot. I mean, it's all about people who. Uh, I mean, all there's a lot. It's about a lot of things, but there's a, a continuous theme of uh, people's expectations of what something should be, and then those expectations being um shifted or broken and people not being able to handle that uh you know when when margot robbie's basically anything she does people don't like like that she's doing i I loved anya taylor joy every time she looked at her i was just like i hate that you do that i hate that you're that way you're that is so disturbing please put it down you know you're not supposed to have her in the same room as me because she disturbs me Yes, I want to say the door is great too. Um, <laughs> I <laughs> so there's like a lot of stuff in there. I mean, even just when she was a nurse, and then they're like, you know, they ex- they assume that she's French and she's not French, and the only characters that like are okay with her being who she is are the two friends that she makes, or mm-hmm. Christian Bale's character and um, John yeah. David's character. So <laughs> the French people did not appreciate that. <laughs> yeah, the French people did not appreciate her <laughs> pretending to be French. Um, <clears throat> But that's the thing is it's like all these all these different little situations where people like want you to be one way and they don't like it when you're not that way. I mean, the cops are a good example or the two detectives that kept coming in. Mm. They kept like they're they're like they're giving him a little bit of grace because he's a fellow veteran. Well, um, the one is the one is the, the other, other guy. I don't yeah, know what that guy's is. deal was. <laughs> he was just like <laughs> he can't he can't function in society. At oh, all. 
Um, but like they're like, but they still want to do their job and they want to go through with everything. And that's pretty typical, like detective movie detectives type thing. Um, but there's a scene where, uh, Christian Bale's character has the, um, the tea set made out of shrapnel, mm-hmm. the one that Margot Robbie made out of the bullets that yeah, she and they pulled. Can't, the shrapnel. They can't stand it. They, they can't, they yeah. hate looking at it yeah. because they think that it's a, a, a grotesque representation of like the truth and all this. So they're like, why do you, why do you got to have that trash? What, what is this? What is this garbage? Here? That's not how it's supposed to be used. You got to be respectful of that stuff. Be something lovely. And, um, I, I wish I could remember the line because he says, why, why would you like, like, I mean, I don't remember it, but it's something like, why would you want to make something like that? Like, why, why do you have to present it that way? And Christian Bale said retorts with like, that's like, that's a great question. Yeah. And, um, and it's like, that's the point of the art is that it's like, it's asking a question that no one else is asking. And, um, I think the movie digs a little bit into that throughout the, the entirety of it. Um, and then it sort of spells it out. Like I said, at the very end, it kind of comes around full circle and is like, this is what we're trying to say. Um, but yeah, it's a little, it's sort of wrestling a little bit with like why art is important. Um, why it's imp- why it's why it's good for weird people to exist, <laughs> um, <clears throat> and why it's not good. Why uniformity is not good. I mean, obviously the villains in this are like the supreme uniformists of just wanting to, uh, like they want everybody to be white and they want everybody to be exactly like this. Yeah, clone of each other. Clone of each for other. A more perfect society. A more perfect society. Yes, the whole. Committee of the three or whatever they call themselves, five. but like five, yeah, sorry. Um, <laughs> <clears throat> so yeah, there are three of them in the room at the end. That's how I was. Yeah, and then he got the yeah. he got the fourth to join and the fifth, the fifth for luck, for luck. <clears throat> yeah. So yeah, so they have the villains in this. You know, the the our heroes are these people who are just whimsical. They they want to be free and allowed to sort of discover life as it comes to them, um, and not sort of question it and not bottle it up. And uh, the villains are just trying to make a quick dollar off of everyone being the exact same and um, predictable and um, uh, what would you call it? Um, not willing, but uh, maybe just like submissive, I guess. Yeah, kind of like um, sheep. <clears throat> yeah, like sheep. Um, so. I also appreciated they did uh, like two of the friends, or at least at first in Amsterdam, are like. Uh, enjoying this like they're falling in love and there's this whole thing about that like that's the positive side yeah of life but then the third friend christian bale is really only experiencing the negative side uh-huh. but he's still like wanting to see how life unfolds yeah and and even at the end where he kind of loses everything he's still like no i'm gonna stay here i'm gonna see what see what happens yeah yeah and the, like I, I don't know recognizing the beauty within even if things aren't going your way, life is still beautiful. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's fun to see what comes next anyway. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, yeah, I appreciated that it wasn't just the, it wasn't just Washington and Robbie's characters. It, he was also there like pretty, pretty bad time. Yeah. <laughs> with yeah. His, with his terrible wife. <laughs> Gosh, I know. But he, yeah, but he was still like, no, life is beautiful. Let's let's see what yeah. happens. Let's let's do this. Yeah. That was so. That was so. Yeah, that was so rough to like watch him. 
<laughs> well, it was, it was played up for how, a laugh a lot of the time. But initially, but then it yeah, got... It got like, really sad. Yeah. yeah, especially at the very end when he's like, please dance with me. And she's like, oh... I have to go meet those give people. Me, my parents give me have one to go meet second. those people. Just give me there. one second. Let me go do this thing. And he's like... I love that he's like, no, thank you. Yeah. Like, we're done. And... Because, I don't know, there's that... He mentions the whole time that he's like, love is like... Is a choice. Like, you are choosing to... Give yeah, yourself the, yeah, to they, these that was a, and the whole time that was a line too. It was he's a, choosing was was love for me something you wanted, something you chose, or something you needed. Yeah, and, and uh, like I truthfully don't know what she wanted the answer to be. Chose? Yeah, I don't know. Is that better? Well, he asked her that, and yeah. then and then she turned it on him. And I think he there's a little bit of truth, and when when she does turn it on him. But I think that he eventually decides that, like, regardless of how he got into the relationship, he was continuing to choose to her. To choose it now, yeah. Um, regardless of how, you know, whether it was, oh, the, you know, Whether the rich, beginning was choose or need. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, but she is uh, obviously not choosing him. Mm-hmm. Um, no, she's just... <laughs> Anytime her dad says, yeah. hey, get something out of that guy, she's like suddenly yeah. uh, in, completely interested and in all about him. Yeah. And then, uh, yeah, as soon as it, as soon as that's done, it's, I got to go meet those people over there. They're important. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, but I liked it. I thought it was a fun movie. It was really enjoyable. Um, it was just a good time. It really was just, a good time. It's just really fun. And, and like it was like this uh the whole thing just kind of feels like this chaotic jazz song yeah, where it it's does, just yeah. constantly like and then mm. at the end you're like, That was crazy, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was a good time. So there you go, Amsterdam. Crazy good chaotic jazz song. Yeah. It really was. It was a lot of fun. It was. Well, thanks for listening, everybody. This is a pretty short episode. Um but that's gonna wrap. But it. I think that I think we've said what we gotta say. Yeah. So talked about Dune. <laughs> we may have talked about talked Dune about more White than Lotus we talked about Amsterdam. <laughs> but honestly, just go see Amsterdam. There's not much more to say about it. It's great. It's really it's really good. Watch it on uh, wherever you can find it. I can't it imagine and, uh, people watching it. I can't imagine anyone watching it and going, I I didn't like it. I mean there's someone out there. Uh yeah, but don't don't let don't let that be you. <laughs> don't yeah. let that be you. Just enjoy life. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. If you love bullet train, just be proud about that. <laughs> don't let other people tell you what you want to do. Stand up for stand up for yourself. <laughs> Go to the forums. Paste right. your praise. It's your paste your praise. <laughs> paste it like they've had they wrote well, it down somewhere. In my, in my head it was and copy and, and paste, <laughs> but I guess it should be post, yeah. <laughs> post your praise. All right. Thanks again for listening. This is about movies. (laughs) We'll see you next time.